one way of looking at it is, if you are one of the branches of God's kingdom growing out of His life, anyone should be able to come to you to find shelter. They should have safety with you in their body, in their soul, and their spirit. They should find shelter with you. Welcome to the I Will Be Your Church podcast, Virtual Sanctuary. Be strengthened today with the truth of God's love so that you can say to your families, your friends, your co-workers, and your social media worlds, I will be your church. Your host for today's episode is Joanna Church. When Jesus and his followers came to Jerusalem, they entered the temple area. Jesus began driving out the people who were buying and selling things there. He turned over the tables that belonged to those who were exchanging different kinds of money, and he turned over the benches of those who were selling doves. He refused to allow anyone to carry things through the temple area. Then Jesus began teaching the people and said, It is written in the scriptures, My temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations. But you have changed it into a hiding place for thieves. When the leading priests and the teachers of the law heard what Jesus said, they began trying to find a way to kill him. They were afraid of him because all the people were amazed at his teachings. Mark 11. So why was Jesus so controversial this day? The temple at that time was being used by religious leaders to sell products. It became a marketplace where they got kickbacks from the vendors. Interesting that he even turned over the tables that the doves were being sold on in the temple, and doves were used as sacrifices under the law of Moses. But Jesus took issue with them being sold there. Jesus then taught the people who were there, saying, My temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Now sometimes, in religious circles, People stop at, my temple will be called a house of prayer, and they build entire churches around the idea of being a house of prayer. But they forget the last half of that sentence, a house of prayer for all nations. Let's take a look at what was supposed to be happening in that area of the temple. So in addition to the areas that were reserved to the members of the people of Israel, the Jewish people the men, the women, the priests, you know, the holiest of all, the holy place, etc. In this temple, there was also a space in which everyone could enter. Jews and non-Jews, circumcised and uncircumcised, members or not of the chosen people, people who were educated in the law of Moses and people who weren't. The rabbis and teachers of the law gathered here, ready to listen to people's questions about God and to respond in a respectful and compassionate exchange. This was the court of the Gentiles and pagans. This was a space that everyone could traverse and could remain in, regardless of culture, language, or religious profession. It was a meeting place of diversity where you could encounter and dialogue, a space of expression for those who do not believe and for those who are asking questions about their faith, a window open to the world, to contemporary culture, and to the voices that resonate in their time. 
Wow. So instead of there being this opportunity for people of all belief systems in this area of the temple, whether they're atheists, Jews, Samaritans, any other non-Jewish people, where they could all come and talk and learn and ask questions about the Most High God, instead, they were greeted here with greed and sacrifice options that they didn't even understand. There were no prayers happening or teachings about the Creator or opportunities to experience the presence of God. There was no dialogue happening or discussions about faith and beliefs. So when Jesus came in and cleared the place out, he was saying, make room here for the peoples of all nations to come and discuss and learn and pray to the Father. I wonder if anyone else can see a picture of what is described here in some Western churches today where the unbelievers and the other believers are kept out or are only invited in to buy our goods. Even more profound than that, when Jesus spoke those words, my temple will be a house of prayer for all nations, he knew that in just a few short years, that physical temple would be destroyed and the Spirit of God would no longer dwell in a physical location but in the hearts of men and women. He knew when he said those words that he was speaking about the new temple of God, us. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? Which means that we, you and I, if we are filled with the Spirit of God, if we consider ourselves to be the church in this world, We should be a house of prayer for all nations, not just for our culture, not just for our physical nation, not just for people who believe like us or look like us, but any person from any nation and any belief should be able to come into the courtyards of our lives and be met with love, compassion, wisdom, knowledge, discussions about science and faith and culture. And when they come, we should be a house of prayer for them. The Apostle Paul demonstrates this in this passage from the book of Acts. While Paul was waiting for the others in Athens, he was deeply troubled by all the idols he saw everywhere in the city. He went to the synagogue to reason with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles, and he spoke daily in the public square to all who happened to be there. He also had a debate with some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers. When he told them about Jesus and his resurrection, they said, What's this babbler trying to say with these strange ideas he's picked up? Others said, he seems to be preaching about some foreign gods. Then they took him to the high council of the city. Come, tell us about this new teaching, they said. You are saying some rather strange things, and we want to know what it's all about. It should be explained at this point that all the Athenians, as well as the foreigners in Athens, seem to spend a lot of their time discussing the latest ideas, all the new philosophies that were coming out. So Paul, standing before the council, addressed them as follows. Men of Athens, I notice that you are very religious in many ways. For as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines. And one of your altars had this inscription on it. To the unknown God. This God, whom you're worshiping without even knowing, is the one that I'm telling you about. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. 
Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples and human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything and he satisfies every need. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him even though he is not far from any one of us. For in him, we live and move and exist. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. And since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from gold or silver or stone. God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times, but now he commands everyone Everywhere, repent of your sins, turn to him, for he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man Jesus that he has appointed. And he proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead, that is Jesus. When they heard Paul speak about the resurrection of the dead, some laughed in contempt, but others said, we want to hear more about this later. That ended Paul's discussion with them but some joined him and became believers. I really love how in these passages, Paul engages with these people who believe differently than him in a respectful manner, and he doesn't shame them for their beliefs. He just introduces his Lord into the conversation and asks them to consider it. How respectful And some people believed, some people laughed, but that wasn't his responsibility. He just was open to having the conversation. Another story by way of comparison, Jesus set forth before them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. Of all the seeds, it is the smallest, but when it has grown, it is the largest of the garden herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and find shelter in its branches. What does this mean? One way of looking at it is, if you are one of the branches of God's kingdom, growing out of his life, anyone should be able to come to you to find shelter. They should have safety with you in their body, in their soul, and their spirit. They should find shelter with you. Today, if you are joining with us wanting to be able to say to the people around you, I will be your church, then be the church that God wants you to be, a temple of safety, a temple of learning and wisdom and growing, a temple that isn't afraid to have discussions with people who think differently than you and believe differently than you, a temple that is a house of prayer for all nations. I speak the blessing of God over your life today. May your eyes be open to see his hand at work in your life. May your ears be open to hear his voice whispering his love to your heart. May your hands find the good works he has created you to accomplish. And may your lips speak words of life to the people you encounter today. Go be the church to your world. If you feel blessed by the I Will Be Your Church podcast, 
please subscribe so you never miss a day. And then share it with your friends. Check out our website, IWillBeYourChurch.com to learn more about us, check out Ben's blog, connect with us on social media, and become part of this church family movement.